Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. Let's just pray. Just lean your heart in again. Uh, we're just going to pray. And um, God, we, we trust you. We trust what you're doing. We trust you are God. We trust you are king and you are large and you are in charge. You are in charge of the nations. You, you hold the universe in your hand. You created it. It's yours. And you're so much bigger than the universe and you fill it with yourself. And uh, I pray that we'd remember every single day how big you are, how powerful you are. You are sovereign ruling king over everything. Every name that's in heaven and on the earth must bow to the name of Jesus like there's nothing that's outside your authority there's nothing that's outside your power and so I pray God that every day we'd be remembering that because we are not insignificant in your eyes either and as powerful as you are you also care about all the intimate details of our life and I pray God that we'd be people who live with that revelation growing every single day, knowing who you are, wanting more of you, wanting to honour you and live for you and lay our lives down so you can pick it up and have your way through our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So um, so last week, last week we were just talking about um, it was kind of revival stories and really part of it was just um, the, the playfulness of God. Um, and one of the stories was just a, a little girl in the presence of God and how playful God is, right? And, and the, the fun side and the miracle side. Today I really wanted to talk about um, God of the angel armies. So, so it says the playful fun, he pours out revival and he blesses us and he heals us. But also there's a side to God that it's like the enemy knows he can't mess. He can't mess. And so, by the way, the enemy can't mess with us either, though we sometimes let him. But he can't mess with us. God is the God of the angel armies. And so it's the angel armies and some of the things that we get to do as believers with angels that I want to talk about today. Um. God is really in charge. God is in charge of America. God is in charge of the election. We don't have to be going, oh my gosh, we're heading to civil war. (laughs) We can just go, I know who God is and he's in control. So we don't have to give ourselves over to fear. I tell you what we might have to do is switch off the TV, (laughs) stop looking at so much social media, but understand God is the one who's in control. Always, always. Oh, <laughs> just because you need to switch off the TV. Was that what that was? <laughs> so, it's kind of mean. <laughs> it's why you have like three fingers pointed back at you when you're pointing at someone else. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> um, so God is, God, we, are, we, are, we are on the earth and we're not alone. Like, if you think about the ocean, the ocean is full of, of sea life and sea creatures. If you think of a, the Amazon rainforest, it is full of life. And there are bugs and animals and some are friendly and some can kill you, right? And so, but it's the same in the spiritual realm. It is full like full of life, full of activity. There are billions of angels. There's also billions of demons, but I'll get to that in a minute. But there are billions and billions of angels, and they all have different jobs. And God is the leader and commander of them. Well, he has angels, like there's, there's angels that he's set in charge of them. But God is the God of the angel armies. The demons do not have any power. 
unless we give it to them. It's the angels that have all of the power and they wield it on behalf of God and on behalf of us. God is omnipresent and God, that means present everywhere always. God is all powerful, right? He has it all and he, uh, his angels come and go from his presence and wield his, wield his power and his glory and his honor and his miracle working deeds on behalf of us and on behalf of God's will and his plans in the earth, right? This term... Lord or God of the angel armies is, occurs 275 times in the Bible, in, 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 the, in the Bible, Old and New Testament, majority in the Old Testament. That's significant. When some, when his, his, we don't really think about him in terms of Lord of the angel armies. It's not really something people talk about much because we don't really talk about angels in church that much. And a reason why, and I think some of you will know this Bible verse. It's this Bible verse. Where is it? I've got it somewhere. Colossians 2.18 says this, Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person goes into great detail about what they have seen and they are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. Do you know that that Bible verse has been used to get people to stop talking about angels? And so people get afraid to talk about angels. They get afraid to talk about how they might interact with angels because this Bible verse has been thrown around. And so in the church, there's a very common conversations all the time about demons and really almost nothing about angels. And that's a great disservice because demons do not have the power, but when we keep talking about them, we empower them. <laughs> we empower fear, right? That empowers them. And so we've got us to understand when it says this, I'm going to go back and read it again. Angels that receive human worship are not godly angels. They are demons. I'm going to read the Bible verse again. Colossians 2.18. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. If someone is engaging in the, in the worship of angels and they're not worshipping an angel who is serving God, they're worshipping a fallen angel, a demon. All right. So just understand the context of that Bible verse. God is not saying do not talk about angels and do not teach on this subject. The Bible clearly does. 275 times it appears that God is the leader of the angel armies. Almost 300 times angels are mentioned interacting with people or doing things like worshipping God, interacting with people, sent, being sent as God's ambassadors, messaging people on behalf of God almost 300 times and so it's an emphasis in the Bible it should be something we're okay talking about to understand that God talks about this in fact he almost does not talk about demons at all there's not much conversation Old Testament and New Testament in the New Testament it's because they got kicked out of people if it's being talked about. Angels are talked about as having power. Angels are talked about as worshipping that one of their jobs is worship bring high high worship to God right? They are talked about as having personality and different roles, right? So there's a big emphasis in the Bible on angels and almost none on demons. So I just want to talk about, like correct that a little bit. It's really good to talk about angels. We have angel help. Every single day, you have angel help. I have angel help and we need it. And, and we were, we are the heavenly army. They are the spiritual army, and, and, and they help us. And we, you know, as we walk in God's purpose, they help us. So I should read. I'm going to read. I'm going to read from Joshua 5.13. And pardon me if a little bit of vegetals <laughs> comes out. <laughs> it's 
Vegetal generation. I raised my kids in the Vegetal generation. Joshua 5 verse 13 from the NIV says this. Joshua was near Jericho. He, was, he just crossed over. Joshua was near Jericho and he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, the man replied. But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. That's the VeggieTales. <laughs> this is really great. I love VeggieTales, but I can't sometimes read some scripture without having <laughs> that Phil Vishla narrator in my head. Um, Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Joshua, realizing it's no man, it's an angel. Oh my gosh, this is a heavenly being in front of me. Fell onto his face down on the ground in reverence and said, what message does the Lord have for my servant? And the commander, the angel commander said, take off your sandals. The place where you're standing is holy. Now, I I wanted to just start with that to understand is there's an angel here saying, as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Joshua is like, are you for us, Israel, or are you for the people? We're about to go kick out these people. (laughs) We're God's people and you've got to get out. And, and And the angel, who's looking like a man, such that Joshua can approach him and have a conversation. Understand that. He looked like a man. Joshua saw him and was like, oh, oh, you're on our side? <laughs> right? And, and then realized when the conversation began, Joshua goes, oh, it's not mere man. This is a supernatural, powerful being who stands in the presence of God and has come to give me a message. So I'm going to read now 1 Kings 22 verse 19. And this is Micaiah. Micaiah, I probably say it probably wrongly. Micaiah. He was a prophet, but we don't, he's not a very well known prophet. But um, Micaiah, and he was speaking to Ahab, and he said, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with the multitudes of heaven standing around him on his right and on his left. Now, I wanted to use this Bible verse so you understand here is a man who's a prophet. By the way, we are all now prophets in the New Testament covenant, right? Micaiah is a prophet in the Old Testament and he's saying, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and he was surrounded by a massive army, a massive host of angels on his left and on his right. Is a man having a vision or being in the presence of heaven in the court of heaven, standing and seeing multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of massive, huge, powerful army, right? That's Micaiah. Now, I'm going to just come step back a little bit and read the whole section of this little piece of scripture about Ahab and about Micaiah because it'll blow your mind a little bit, maybe. So 1 Kings from chapter 22. Now I'm reading from beginning from verse 17. So Ahab was a very, very evil king. Maybe you haven't heard of him so much as you've heard of his wife Jezebel, right? So Jezebel and Ahab, two extremely evil, did horribly evil things as leaders in in Israel. And um, so Micaiah goes to Ahab and they're having a conversation. He's bringing a word from the Lord to Ahab and he said, I saw... All Israel scattered on hills like sheep. This is America right now and the church even in America, right? I saw all Israel scattered on hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, these people have no master. Let each one go home in peace. The king of Israel, who is Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, who is the king of Judah, because it's a split kingdom at this point, 
didn't I tell you never to trust prophecies? Like Ahab, Ahab's like, I'm the, I'm the leader. I'm the leader. They're not scattered. I'm the leader. Because <laughs> Micaiah the prophet is like literally rebuking Ahab and Ahab's, Ahab's standing looking at the other king and going, no, for real. I told you not to listen to the prophets. <laughs> right? so, so listen, I'm going to keep going. Micaiah continued therefore, oh sorry, Ahab saying to Jehoshaphat, didn't I tell you never to listen to the prophecies because they never say anything good about me, only bad things. <laughs> so, I'm like, I think this is really funny. God is funny. Micaiah continued in front of the two kings. Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw... This is the scripture I first read. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the multitudes of heaven standing around him on his right hand and on his left hand. Verse 20. And the Lord said, who will entice Ahab into attacking Gilead and going to his death there? So Micaiah just said he saw God in heaven speaking to his angels in the court of heaven saying, who can I send? Which one of you angels can I send to entice this evil king to go and really get killed? Can you imagine like Ahab and Jehoshaphat? Jehoshaphat was a good king, right? Ahab, bad king. And they're trying to make some kind of alliance and God really didn't want them to because Ahab was just evil, evil. So anyway, so... Micaiah is saying, I'm going to repeat it, the Lord God said, who will entice, to his angels, he's asking the angels, Micaiah the prophet is witness to this in the court of heaven. Who will entice Ahab into attacking Gilead and going to his death there? One suggested this, another that. That little portion there means one angel suggested this, another angel suggested that. They're coming up with plans. They're standing in the court of heaven with God. This is his angel armies, like his. If you can, you've seen like battle scenes on a movie set where you've got the generals and they're like, "Oh, we could do this and we could do that," and they're all strategizing, right? Literally, this is what's happening in the Bible. So one is suggesting this plan, another angel is suggesting that plan. Verse twenty-one says, "Finally, a spirit." which is an angel, because uh, the de- demons have been kicked out of heaven at this point. There's no, there's no demon there. A spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. Verse 22, God says, by what means? The angel says, I will go out and be a deceiving spirit in the mouth of Ahab's prophets. Ahab did not want the prophet of the Lord. He'd set up his own evil prophets. This angel out of the presence of God is saying, I will go down and I will put lies into the mouths of the false prophets to deceive Ahab. Now, I'm wanting to use this picture here so we can even understand what is going on in our nation right now. There's a lot of evil going on in the nation right now. But God is in control because even in the court of heaven, he is strategizing and he's got angels at work and making plans to bring down evil and to cause corruption to be fully exposed in this nation. And so be praying for that. Just be praying. God God is a God who loves justice. God is a God who loves truth. He does not want anything hidden. He, the corruption is evil. So be praying, God, God, we want your justice in the nations. We want your justice in America. We want your justice, God, through the election process. We want your truth to prevail. And that means every hidden thing and every twisted lie and every bit of corruption has got to be made known and exposed so that the nation can see it, say we don't want that, let's go another direction. Right? That's what this is about. So so it's quite, it's quite a strange thing to think an angel is standing before the Lord going, 
I know how to fix this. I will go down and put lying words into the mouths of the false prophets. Like that's what the media is right now. So the media has to be exposed as false. So don't be surprised and don't be upset when CNN are getting in trouble because they just are hypocritical and so false with a lot of their – it's opinion, it's not journalism anymore, right? And so this got to be massive exposure. But the court of heaven, God is adjudicating. God is the one who's in control. He is the ultimate judge. He wields all authority. He is the one in control. So we can trust him. So we just keep praying for his his plans. We keep praying for his rule, his reign, his authority to be made very, very clear, his justice and his truth. Amen? Okay, okay, so I'm talking about the Heavenly Council. Maybe you're going, what's the Heavenly Council? I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures here. Actually, I'll back up a little bit. Why would God use angels to do this? Or why would God use us to do anything? A large part of this is about he doesn't do anything without involving the people that he's created. He loves us. And he's asked us to partner with him in his plans and move forward his agendas. He loves relationship. And he's created the angels, which is the spiritual army, and the people, which is his physical army. He just loves partnership with people. And so he includes us in all his plans because he just loves to bring people along with him along the journey. And so it's great privilege. It's never something we presume on or assume on. It's just great, great privilege, right? Okay. So, um, I'm going to read from Psalm right now, Psalm 89, Psalm 89, verses 6 and 7. And this is Jeremiah. Oh, sorry, David. This is David. David is saying, For who in the skies above can compare to the Lord? Really, no one. No one can compare. For who in the skies above can compare to the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? There's angels, right? There's billions of angels, but no one is like God, right? Verse 7, in the council of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. It says David, David is understanding there is a heavenly council in heaven and there is a, there's an orderly uh, process, a due process that we talk about here through the judicial system here in America. That, that exists in heaven um, and, and in a way that's clearly, obviously, God's will is what is established and done and ordered and there is justice there. And, um, but there is, there is the same, in the same sense, that place of a council that we can ourselves as human beings, we can access that court for ourselves in the place of prayer. We can, because we're invited there, we're invited, Ephesians 2, 6 says, we are seated with God in heavenly places, right? Right now, my eternal reality, your eternal reality is that we are seated in heaven with God, with Jesus. We are seated in heaven, in heavenly places. And it's from that place we're supposed to live and pray and conduct all of our life. When you sit with the Lord and you're just reading scripture or you're praying with him, worshiping him, ask him, just go, help me understand what it means to be someone because it's my heavenly reality. I just need the revelation to understand what it means. Help me understand this revelation of what it means to be someone who sits in heavenly places. And it's right here. It's in the court of the Lord, in the council of the holy ones where God is feared and God's rule is what is done. 
but we're invited there. So Jeremiah 23, this time, Jeremiah 23. Everything I'm reading is NIV, by the way. From Jeremiah 23, verse 18. So Jeremiah is a little frustrated, actually. It's a little bit of a frustrated prayer. It's like that, it's like that. Yeah, but who? Like, so he says this. Which of them has stood in the council of the Lord to see or hear his word? Who has listened and heard his word? He's actually asking, like, there's, it's like there's, a, there's a, that prayerful. Do you ever get, like, adamant in your prayer? Like, a little bit of, a little bit of, it's not frustrated at God, but maybe it's a little frustrated at the circumstances because you haven't got breakthrough. That's what this verse is like. So, but which of them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see or hear his word? Who has listened and heard his word? Verse 19, see the storm of the Lord will burst out in wrath, a whirlwind swirling down on the heads of the wicked. Jeremiah is saying that because he stood in the court of the Lord and he has heard what God wants to do and he does know what God's justice is. So here, verse 20, the anger of the Lord will not turn back until he fully accomplishes the purposes of his heart in days to come. You will understand it clearly. Jeremiah standing and saw that and heard that in that place, that heavenly place, because he was a prophet anointed by God to go into that place and hear the words of the Lord and be a part of the council. We all now in the new covenant are invited to hear the words of the Lord, to live by revelation, to understand we sit in the heavenly places. We're seated in heavenly places and to be able to pick up on what God is saying to us personally for our own life, but also for what God is saying to the nations and what God is saying to the election, what God is saying to our own nation or our own city or our governor who's mandating the heck out of Jesus, bless him. I do, I pray that actually, I do, I don't, I don't agree with anything he's done, it's all, there's no science behind any of it, it is pure devil assignment, demonic assignment to destroy, right, there's no science behind it. So pray, pray for justice. Pray again that that God would literally lift the lid on all of the corruption and why the mandates even exist. There's more science and more data that just says everything that the governors that have put down the mandates on us are corrupt decisions. And there's no science to say it helps or prevents COVID. Everything is saying this is all political agenda. The full weight of science is saying this is political agenda. So pray. When you pray, sit in that court of heaven and ask for justice. Sit in that place. Ephesians 2.6, you are seated in heavenly places. So sit in that place and know your authority and understand that when you pray those prayers from that court, the Father unleashes angels to go and answer those prayers. That's the point of the heavenly army. They go and they pick up the tools and and go run with the tasks and do the things that we are praying. We are praying in accordance with the will of the Father. He He needs, and I say he needs because he partners with people. So it's not, people say, God doesn't need us. He actually chose to need us. It's right to say he doesn't need us, but he chose to need us. He chose to work through human instruments. He chose to humble himself and partner with us in the things that he wants done in the earth. And so he needs us to be praying church. He needs us to walk with humility to even understand what our authority means in the first place. We've got to be people who stand up and understand our identity and our authority and it is real. And we're invited to the heavenly place to sit there, sit with God in the heavenly places and see what he has um, wanting us to see and then say what we're seeing and say what we're hearing from that heavenly place. Jesus said, I don't do anything that I don't first see the Father doing or 
say what I hear the Father saying, right? He is our example. He is our example. And Jesus lived a life of absolute prayer. That's the place of dependence on God in the first place for us. If we're prayerless, we're not depending on God. We're depending on ourselves, right? Right, so... Okay, so that's Jeremiah. I just read from David from Psalms and Jeremiah from the Old Testament. Now I'm going to read in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. To the church of the firstborn, that's us whose names are written in heaven. Your name, my name, it's written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and, who is, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks of a better blood um, than, than what Abel's was shed. Now, I won't go into Abel's blood so much as the, the verse that is verse 22. You've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. This is written to people who are living right now. <laughs> Not it's, it's active present vocabulary. You have come. It's not when you die, you will go too. You have come to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. So, so it's because it's our reality now. So we uh, too often really get very, very stuck in our physical surroundings. But there is a spiritual world that is happening all around about us all the time. Like I said in the beginning, it's full. <laughs> the, the spiritual realm is so, so full. Like the Amazon jungle is full of life, of every kind of good thing and bad thing, things that are kind and things that want to kill you, right? That's our world right now in the spiritual realm. There are demons and there are angels. The demons want to kill you. The devil wants to kill you. Like if he could, he would have. He can't. Because of God's hand of protection and God's will and God's provision of so many things for us, for our lives. And the demons themselves, the devil and the demons themselves are not as powerful as we make them out to be. The only power they have is when we believe their lies. And so, so here's the thing is they fell. Revelation chapter 12 says that when the devil fell, he was kicked out of hell. But he took a third, his tail kicked a third of the angel armies. Here's why he was an archangel. It was Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer, three, three archangels. Lucifer was Jesus's. Gabriel's the Holy Spirit's. Michael was the Father's archangel. So there is hierarchy in this system of angels, right? Lucifer was kicked out of heaven because pride and sin was found in him and he could not dwell any longer in that place of heaven. He, taking the th- one third of the d- angels, fallen angels, that now demons, with him, they all lost that heavenly place. They all lost their intimacy with the Father. They all lost the power that they had. They didn't lose their characteristics. So if they were a worship demon, uh, angel, now they wreck worship and they make something of music that is really anti-God. If they were someone whose job was to be involved in justice, now they've turned the other way and they work evil, right? So the characteristics just got flipped, right? So, but understand while there are, 
millions and millions and millions of demons, there are twice as many more angels. The demons don't have the power because Jesus took it back from them. And here's the thing. The only power they have is when a human being gives it to them because we either choose to cooperate, a person can literally choose and they get into satanic occult activity, or or they choose because they themselves will not give up wanting to control other people through control and manipulation, intimidation, domination. And that way a person chooses to give their, their own power over to a demon. So a demon usurps human power, right? That's the only power they have. Demons have power when we believe the lies of the media. I'll say that again. Demons have power when we believe the lies of the media. <laughs> We've really got to understand the media is working for the devil. There's not that much media right now that you can at all listen to with any truth in it. And so it is, it is when you are believing their lies and allowing fear to creep in your heart. If, if fear, here's the thing, if fear is creeping in your heart from something you've watched on TV or media, social media, that is demonic. Switch it off. Do not allow the enemy to rob and usurp your power and your identity because the only way demons have power right now is when they usurp it from humans, Christians. Non-Christians do not have that. The Christian who has, is like in Christ and Christ is in them has all authority because Christ gave it to us. Many just haven't realized it because they've allowed demons to usurp it this whole time, right? So let's stop that. Enough about demons. Um, they are, oh, I'm going to say one more thing. Galatians 4, 8 and verses 9 from the NIV because this is true of them, right? This is Paul writing. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. As demons, slave to demons. If a person does not know Jesus, is not a Christian, born again, they are a slave to demonic forces. Right? Now, here's the, here's the thing though. So verse, verse um, where am I? Verse 9. Now that you know God, now that you're born again, now that you've been made a new creation in him, fully the old has gone, the, new, the, the old has gone, the new has come. You are new, new creation, fully made new. Now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those, listen, weak and miserable forces? Weak and miserable forces. Paul is saying demons do not have power over, over Christians at all. They are weak and miserable forces. Jesus said um, that if by the finger of God I cast out demons, you know the kingdom of God has come upon you. His finger, like bug squat. Right? Please understand your authority. You have authority and you have angels to back it up. Let's keep talking about angels now, not anymore about demons. Um, um, I have a lot more scripture. I've already given a lot, so I'm going to just tell you some stories because I think this is pretty great. Because God is really great. So, so one time I was driving up to um, uh, Pennsylvania, and on these roads, I didn't. I'm like brand new roads to me, two 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 lane highway both ways. But there's a lot of there was a lot of road work, and you know when they have the road work signs and there's orange markers, and they've got the concrete barricades, and they've even got it narrowed because they're trying to fit a new lane in. There's a lot of road work going on. I had Jai, one of my kids, in the car with me, and a podcast playing from like Chris Fallerton. Someone, I'm praying and listening, and come to the road work section, and and the cars don't slow down from 65, they're supposed to slow down to like 
50 or 45. It's a roadwork, massive roadworks. And so it's really skinny and it's roads that I don't know. It's all torn up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so dangerous, Jesus. This is a dangerous road. So I just start praying. I'm like, Lord, just I just pray for protection over my vehicle right now because I don't know where I'm driving to and there's crazy people on the road. I need protection. And they won't slow down. They're all disobeying the law. I was speeding a little bit too, but <laughs> so, just just go on traffic speed. <laughs> Officer, I was just going traffic speed. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> um, anyway, um, what was I saying? So, so the minute I just said, God, I just pray for protection over this vehicle right now. I saw in the spirit five great big orange angels and I wore this because they were this bright. <laughs> Today they were this they were this bright, like bright orange, and one was in front, two were on either side of the car, one was on top and one was back behind us. And I saw them, because I was some driver is like 60, 65, they were flying. We just with the car. And I was like, oh. And anything I'd thought about being in dangerous traffic, because it was bad, like bumper to bumper, stop start, speed up 65 and then stop again quick. Like anything that I thought about any kind of danger like that, the split second I saw all those angels surrounding my car, I was like, oh, okay, put the podcast back on. I love some Chris Valentin <laughs> and, and had a really great trip for the rest of the time. Here's another story. And he, this is a demon story, but this is, this is it's, re, it's redeemable. So um, I, um, so um, I don't know. I know some people. I know some people really see in the spirit too. So you'll understand this. But for those that maybe haven't yet, what I was in my parents' house in Australia, and um, I was um, I was going to bed. It was like about almost midnight. Everyone else in the house is in bed. My kids are asleep, and I was going to bed. Clayton was in America. I was on my own, and um, so I'm going to bed. And in the the room I sleep in is a room that looks right. The ocean is right there. And there's this big rock platform as well, and there's some big trees in this, the parents' house. So as I I get ready, I'm about to sit down. I'm still standing up. I was about to just sit down and lie down, but I'm still standing. And the whole of the wall of my bedroom just disappeared. And I'm looking at stars and the gorgeous sky. It's a gorgeous sky down there because it's, it's a small town. There's no lights. You can see the stars are just clear for miles. So there's stars and trees, and then I look, and there is a massive demon. It was like five stories of a building tall demon. And I'm like, what am I looking at, Lord? <laughs> Why'd you show me that? <laughs> anyway, I mean, I could describe, I can still see it now, but what it did was, as it, as, it, as it saw me looking at it, it turned around and pushed, because it was, it was the houses here, the trees, and it was right on the beach section. And so it's taller than the gum trees. Gum trees are pretty tall. It's taller, like head and shoulders above the gum trees, leaning over the gum trees, looking into the house at me. And as I'm like looking at the skies, oh, gorgeous starry night, demon. <laughs> Literally, that's what kind of happened. And I saw it. And as I met it, it looked at me. And then for just a split second, it's looking at me, realizing I'm looking at it. And it pushed off the trees. And the trees just. It was like a big wind hit the trees as it pushed off it and it turned around and walked across over the ocean. And I stood there going, why wasn't I afraid? That was my first question. <laughs> so, so full of faith, right? <laughs> why wasn't I afraid? And God goes, because I'm here. And, and, and anyway, two weeks later, Two weeks later, uh, the sun was going down on the beach and I'm sitting in the spot where I saw the demon 
two weeks earlier and it was my last night in Australia and I'm just praying and praying for my parents and, you know, get, coming back home to be back with husband and so I'm excited to come home. But I'm sitting on the beach in the same spot where the demon was two weeks earlier and over the bay, it's a massive, it's a six-mile-wide bay at one section. Over the bay, I just saw, I'm going to do it from this direction, the hand of the father come down all the way over the bay and just sit there. Six mile wide hand from fingertip to that part there of his, of his hand. Sorry that I just walk out of the video. <laughs> um, do you understand what I'm saying? I saw, I saw this tiny pipsqueak demon now in perspective to how big God was. That his, so, the, so the size of the hand of the father as it came down over the bay, which by the way, he gave me Psalm 91. He who sits in the shelter of the Most High. So I'm, I'm literally sitting in the place praying where I'd seen the demon two, two weeks earlier and without a thought that I'd even seen it, right, which is great because I wasn't afraid. I, I thought later, oh, that would be something that you'd think. But, but I sat there, saw the hand of the Father come down and that's when I remembered, oh, that's right, I'm sitting in the spot <laughs> where that demon was. But it was, I was so safe. I was so safe. Just to see the hand of the Father come down over the bay, like massive giant hand that in comparison, this in, in, from a human perspective, the demon was a giant, five-story tall, five-building story tall. But in the, from the perspective of the Father's hand, wouldn't have even been a top part of his knuckle of his thumb. I think that's pretty great. Like... Like I know, I know, and I'm, I I love that story. I don't tell it often because I know some people go, oh, I don't want to talk. I don't want to know that demons can be that big, <laughs> but they can. But that doesn't mean. By the way, I've seen really small ones that are really powerful. It's not about a size necessarily, even. But what is really redeeming is in a in a prayer meeting back home. I was back in America just a few weeks later. I was in a prayer meeting, and Norm was there, who's who's not here today, Michelle was there and I think maybe two other people were in this prayer meeting. Clayton wasn't there. We were in our original, the building we had before Thalia was a uh, synagogue and we're having a prayer meeting and worship, it was just a worship, we're just singing our guts out, worshipping God, praying, God have your way, whatever we're praying, you know. And at one point in the song, we really, there was just a real lift in worship and so we just really went declaring out stronger praise and stronger worship and the split second that lift happened again the ceiling of the building opened up and I saw off the top of the building an angel slid he was sitting on the top of the building but when I as the as I could see through the building he slid off from his seated position on the top of the roof he stood and stood to attention at our worship as we were singing we were just really going for it really lifting high high praise, strong declaring praise, I saw the angel come and stand to attention. The angel would have been about a 10-story tall building angel, double the size of the demon I'd seen. So it was really redeeming from seeing, the. even though I wasn't afraid, but it was really redeeming to see this other angel. And the Holy Spirit said, that's your angel. And a few other, there was a lot of other stuff he said too. But um, but uh, I, I just think, so so understand that was I saw the angel responding to what we were singing in worship and they do that 
they respond and they do they they perform God's will on our behalf and they bring answers to prayer for us on our behalf. I'm going to read um, Hebrews from Hebrews chapter one, verse seven. In speaking of the angels, he says, "This is God. He makes his angels spirits and his servants flaming fire." Now, verse fourteen. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? So it is Romans 8, 17 that says we're the inheritors of salvation. So they're sent to serve us, not serve us in our agendas, especially if they're false agendas. We'll have demons. (laughs) We won't have (laughs) angelic help. Um, As we learn the purposes of God for our life, as we just get in line with who God is, we will find ourselves having more angel help than we can. We know what to do with. Like seriously, we were in a prayer, uh, a worship meeting maybe two months ago over at Kat's house one day and um, Emily and I were worship leading together and I, at one point I looked out and so we're standing here and everybody else is kind of from the first couch all the way back into the kitchen area and I could see, I don't know, there's like 50 people in the room maybe, I don't know, but 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 with the people I then saw angels interspersed with our 50 and as I kept looking I saw thousands and thousands of angels behind our own people and they were in the place worshipping and they were all, they actually I could see gold was the predominant colour, I don't know why, sometimes I see different colours on them but it was just, gold was the predominant colour, maybe because we were worshipping it was just more full of glory, I don't know, but the Lord goes, there's a legion and they're for you to command, right? A legion has 6,000 angels in it. And so so that week, who knows, who knows, um, what's her name? I just forgot her name. Michaela, who had her baby in the shower before anybody could get there to help her. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even ask if I could tell this, this story, but I've got to tell it. Because they're really funny. So, so a couple of days later, I'm still praying. God, you just gave, you just t- said to me, I have six thousand angels. I can, I can say, hey, go do this. <laughs> if it's if it's in line with like good justice, God's will, right? So, so I'm walking around the neighborhood and I'm praying again, and then I see probably five or six angels, really tall, maybe 10, 12 feet tall, walking with me around the neighborhood, and I was like, as I'm going. What do I do? I don't know what to do with 6,000 angels. <laughs> and, and, and I just, as I'm walking, praying, it was about two o'clock in the afternoon, I get a text from Michaela and she's, she's popping. She's almost 42 weeks pregnant and knows that she can't do a home birth and doesn't want to go to hospital because the midwives would cut her off and say, sorry, you've got to go do the emergency home birth. So she's texting me saying, I don't want to go to hospital. What do I do? I was like, I'll pray for you. And as I'm walking, I'm like, well, Jesus, you said I could command these angels. I was like, okay, angels, this is like two o'clock. Angels, go help her give birth. At 5.30, she did. (laughs) In the shower and her husband caught the baby. The midwives didn't even have time to get to the house. I, and so we kind of giggle back and forth like, I mean, this coincidence can happen, but also God's really strategic. And he did just show me all this stuff and say, pray, send angels to do it. So, so, so do, are people catching what I just said? Yeah. Like I, I was like kind of experimenting going, okay, angels, 
go deliver that baby. And two and a half hours later, the baby's del- – I'm getting texts going, hi. So I had the baby in the shower. It came within 15 minutes. <laughs> the midwives weren't here and my husband like had to get towels and catch the baby in the shower. Not that I don't recommend that as for a birthing method. <laughs> like maybe there's a, maybe maybe slower a little to, a little next time. So maybe I don't know. I you know I, so you know people can go ah oh, well that's coincidence. She was 42, 42 weeks already. You can you can do that or go. Everything I receive through the kingdom of God is accessed through faith in the first place. God showed me on Sunday that I have angels that I can say. He's told me you have six thousand of them. Send them to do things, right? And then so I think I can't remember which day it was. Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm sending angels to go deliver a baby, and within two hours, two and a half hours, get a message. I had the baby. <laughs> I think it's really funny. I should stop. <laughs> I've got a lot of other stories, but it's probably getting late. It's 12.14. So, um, I think God delights to let us in on this stuff. Like, literally, so that we'd be people who just go, flip, I am a son or a daughter of God. Really? And understand who we are. And, and the enemy can't mess with you. He can't mess with you unless you give him permission. That's it. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm just going to pray this and um, I'm going to read this actually to finish the message like a blessing over you. So Ephesians 1.17 and it's a scripture that I just really love. <clears throat> so, yeah, just open your heart right now, like engage your heart and listen. This is God's word to you. This is God's desire for you, right? Paul is saying, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in all his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ Jesus from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and all authority, all power and all dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age but in the one to come. And God placed all things under Jesus' feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Amen. Amen. Receive that, right? Receive that. Read that again. Pray that over yourself. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be opened, that you may be enlightened. So, so Jesus, just keep praying for a sec. So Jesus, we do just give you like full permission. Show us more. We want to know God, the right, writing of our identities, the, the filling of your um, spirit in our lives, our authority, that we'd be people who know our authority and know that the enemy can't mess with us, that we'd be people who are bold and take great, great, great kingdom ground for you, Jesus, because you've ordered us to, you've commanded us and commissioned us to do this. And God, it takes people getting up in their authority 
already and knowing who they are in you to do it. So I pray over the people here, but it's all of the all of the seashore people, all of the meetings that we have throughout the week. I pray, Father God, every single one of them for the writing of identity, the writing of our of who we are in you. And that takes the word earlier spoken about being humble before you, repentant before you, fully healed and whole before you, so that we ourselves will be people who choose not to try and control and manipulate others and get our way through life, but we'd be people who fully give your way through you, you for you to have your way and your will through our lives. Laid down lovers of Jesus Christ, that we are people who are laid down lovers of Jesus Christ, who understand that that's the place of authority. In Jesus' name, amen. So he rules, he rules. And where are we seated? We're seated with him as he rules. We're seated with him as he rules. Don't forget that. And so it says here, far above all rule, all authority, power and dominion, every name that's invoked, not only in this present age, but in the one to come, everything must bow to Jesus Christ. Everything, everything, seen and unseen. Nothing can stand. And he invites us to sit with him. Remember that. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com.